It's hard trying to get seen right now. Like it's well, yeah. The VA like it's trash. I mean, if you're not in a hurry, then it's cool. Yes, it's it's there if you're not in a hurry. But more so if you know, like my dumbass hurt myself not too long ago, and I had to pop up to an emergency room, and it was just like, okay, how are the bills going to come out? And once the bills started coming, I realized super quick, like this is nothing like active duty. It wasn't expensive necessarily because i did have tricare and it handled a lot i think i had to pay like 15 or 20 percent after all the other charges were done Mm -hmm. but just from the basic injury that i had compared to if i'm thinking about ever having a kid in my life i started reconsidering like i might end back up in the military because childbirth (laughs) childbirth ain't cheap bro like i've just seen like the pictures that people be posting on Facebook and whatnot of I think skin to skin contact was like four thousand dollars. Like yeah, like you just you charge me to hold my child, bro. Just just put homie down and let him let him yeah. figure it out. Fortunately, I, both of my kids, all three of my kids, but well, both of my kids were born while we were in, and my last one was born. Uh, but it was all covered through the VA. They covered all everything up until the birth. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, and every well, actually everything after the birth too. But yeah, man, I went to the my son broke his collarbone, Ooh. and Pain. we went to the hospital before we even found out it was broken, and we got lucky because the bill for that because we had to go back twice. The first time the doctor was just like came in the room, looked at him did a little light touching on his like collarbone and shit. He was like, Oh yeah, it's not broken. It's just bruised. Yeah. <laughs> we left something didn't feel right. So we came back and the next doctor was like, why didn't he do an x-ray? Like he did x-ray. <laughs> the shit is clearly broken. So the bill for that was like a couple grand. Yeah. And luckily enough, the first doctor fucked up. So we put in a, plane or something with the hospital and all that shit was just wiped out so i was like cool okay cool i mean goody it wasn't something big enough to where the fuck up could have been something worse but yeah yeah you guys got compensated back but um yeah so kind of got the ball rolling i think i started like two minutes ago so nothing not the other stuff was recorded yeah so yeah, so back at it again with another episode. Yep. Me and Martin getting back into the topics of discussion. And today we were uh I kind of put out the idea of talking about therapy. I know we touched on it a little bit. And just breaking down some of the just the start to end to therapy. I know trying to break down the stigma, that's 
what everybody's talking about, but nobody talks about what actually happens when you go to therapy from sitting down in the office to getting billed for everything. Yeah. And when have you been to therapy or like when was the first time you started going? First time I went to therapy was 2018. It was it was not too long after I got out of the military. Um, okay. Yeah. It was, so it was after you got out. Yeah, it was after I got out. Um, but I think that was just like a, it was an adjustment time for me, just kind of adjusting out of the military and just shit. For at the time, just didn't seem like it was going right. Yeah. So, you know, I was I just fell into like a really depressive state, and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna give this therapy shit a try. <laughs> so I went how did I set that up I just googled like therapists around me and therapists that would take TRICARE because I think my wife is still in yeah she was still in at the time yeah and I ended up finding somebody which was a real cool guy actually he's probably the best therapist I've ever had and I moved away from Washington State obviously so mm. so when uh, you changed therapists was it just because you had to move or was it some specific no it was because i had to move yeah yeah we were leaving and i was like yeah man i just fucking gotta leave he's like oh okay yeah I, um his son actually collected like military medals like yeah coins my bad oh okay i was about to say what okay. <laughs> coins and i had an extra one from when i was in and i was like oh man i was like here i'll just give you this as a pardon gift because you know, you helped me out a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I actually need to go back to therapy. Um, <laughs> I haven't gone in like, I think the last time I went was 2020, like mid-2020. Right. But I didn't really like that therapist too much. So. Yeah, and that's, that's something I'm not really running into, but kind of running into with my therapist or me starting therapy. So I started going to therapy after I got out the service. I did the same thing, just Google therapists around me, found one that took TRICARE. And that's important because a lot of them don't take TRICARE for whatever reason. So finding one that's in your area that does take your insurance is important. Whether if you get Humana uh, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, whatever insurance you have, just make sure your therapist takes it. Setting up the appointment isn't very hard. I just on the website, it had a place where you click for an appointment. You could either specify what type of therapist you want, or you could just put random. And I put random and ended up getting a African American lesbian as my first uh, therapist. Which I think was probably the best fit overall, because yeah, I was, I was just—I was about to say that's that's probably pretty cool, because all my therapists have been white, white men, <laughs> <laughs> which is nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with it at all, but I the sense of like, relatability. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like the cultural like relatability and all that whatnot. Like, yeah, and that's that's something I'm kind of running into with my therapist right now is the cultural relatability not with the african-american side more with the military side because the way we think and break things down is different from the average person who's going to come into a therapist's office 
but overall she understands she's around my age uh, we're both interested in women so that makes it a whole <laughs> lot easier to, to figure stuff out just being able to break down some of those uh emotional barriers that may or i may or may not have picked up on when i was younger and the billing process for me was super simple it they just send it to tricare and tricare just sends me a check for it i think yeah, after tricare. it's up it's like thirty dollars yeah thirty dollars out of my pocket Actually, now that I think about it, that thirty dollars might have been from something different. I don't think that I've actually paid for a therapy session yet. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a billing issue, but if I owe you money, I'll pay it. <laughs> I know that when I got it, like once I once me and my wife were out, uh, when I did start going to therapy, and she she goes to therapy too. Um, you know, I'd use my insurance for work, and that shit's different. Yeah, <laughs> they what I'm used to because it's actually like the insurance I have is pretty good because it only they only charge like thirty dollars a session, which isn't bad at all. So hmm. the insurance takes care of most of it, which isn't a big deal. So it's really not even that bad. It gets it gets bad when I start going to like or like when my kids like my son has kidney issues, he starts going to like specialty therapy, like uh, doctors and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's some um, we didn't really think about being in the military, but we're we'll get to that topic a little bit later. Uh just to go through therapy a little bit more. Uh we're putting it out there just because of its importance. I know I was security forces when I was in the Air Force, and the issue with us going to therapy, especially on base, is we'll get flagged if we go to therapy. The therapist can't say what we talked about because it's confidential. Mm. But the fact that we went to the mental health clinic in general is enough for our commanders or our ops uh, superintendent to put us on the put us on the side. Pretty much, uh, we won't arm up. We'll just be monitored per se to make sure our mental health is fit enough to carry a weapon, so we don't end up doing something crazy. Which, if it actually was for that reason and they gave a fuck about us, would be good. But all it does is just make you feel like you're just the redheaded stepchild of the unit. People look at you weird. They're like, oh, what's what's wrong with you? Kind of like the social stigma of going to therapy in the first place. Of yeah. If you go to therapy, there's something wrong with you, which is totally untrue. You end up getting painted like that. Meanwhile, is members in the military that just sit at home every day contemplating life, its meaning, everything else. When if you're going through all that, I've told my troops this before. If you need to go to therapy, if it's between therapy and you sitting at home crying every day because you hate your job so much, but it's like supporting your family back home or it's helping pay for some bills, it's helping you progress towards a lifestyle you want, but it's just painful to get through, go to therapy. Specifically, go to off-base therapy where you could check a box that says, do not report this to my medical provider or don't report what I said to my medical provider. That's still tricky for military members because with TRICARE, it kind of is connected with the military anyway. 
it's it's still really tricky really tricky uh grounds to try to go to therapy but the stigma that the air force has when it comes to security forces and us going to therapy is just toxic and i hate seeing my people go through so much mentally just because our job deems it necessary for them to make us look weird if we decide to go and do something for our health oh yeah man I, it's kind of it's pretty much the same like in the navy like especially if you're on a ship uh like if i if i were to go to therapy or like say i, I was like yo i need to go get my mental health checked out or something like that the immediate response would be them taking me off the ship because if i'm going through that then i wouldn't be able to de- to deploy or you know go out to sea with those guys or whatnot yeah and you know that's a smart move on the Navy's part. However, it's a liability thing. Yeah, and however, the reaction that you get from that, because you're quote unquote, the ship is quote unquote undermanned now, which it's really not. But <laughs> the reaction you get is you get talked down on yeah. pretty much by everybody in the fucking. You the hear rank. whispers everywhere in every office yeah. in the rank fucking bracket from e7s down e8s down officers you know they're like oh this guy's going to therapy he just wants to get off the ship that's like literally the first thing that everybody says when you want to get something checked out like it doesn't even matter if it's just mental health like i break my foot and i go to the hospital i just want to get off the ship (laughs) like and it happens like it does happen people like i know a guy before we went on deployment in the weight room, he dropped a 45 pound weight on his foot just to get out of the uh, Like it happened. On purpose? On purpose. Oh my God. And the crazy just, thing, the crazy thing is dude was built like Batista. He was Hispanic, <laughs> built like Batista. He was a dickhead, but um, yeah. At that point, just go to middle. Like I would rather, <laughs> I, like that. that's such a, man, like I would rather just go to mental health in the first place and get kicked off the ship than breaking my foot like that seems like a real extreme way to but it you know it looked better than going to mental health so man fuck what other people got to think <laughs> i'm not breaking my foot for your opinion yeah. fuck y'all that oh uh, he's crazy that is crazy. uh he probably needs to go to mental health if that was his option of i'd rather break my foot than for people to think this way up that does not even add up and it's people who I don't even get some of the social stu- structures of like how some of this stuff adds up to some people like going to mental health is way more stigmatized than that one drunk on your flight that, you know, for a fact finishes a fifth of everything like yep. on a normal day, like not even when they're going through something mm-hmm. on a normal day. That's just how they operate or they're always drinking six packs or the ones who participate in the very far left or right radical movements and enjoy it way too much. Yeah. Those guys can fly somewhat under the radar, but as soon as you try to go to mental, it's so many other issues or like red flags that I would see. That's like, you know, you're, um, you're about a step away from being a neo-Nazi, but (laughs) I think the good old, you know, Americans, you know, the seal of our, of our branch keeps you from going, you know, yeah. full neo but i mean you know. i don't like i would think that 
somebody going to get their mental health evaluated or just you know worked on would show that that person themselves is more willing to be ready yeah when things like when shit hits the fan basically because i wouldn't want somebody coming to me like coming to save me after they just down or coming off of a weekend bent like binge of yeah drinking and shit because they didn't feel good like going to going to therapy for me isn't like a scheduled thing i don't go once a week i go when i feel like i need to go and i guess like that's comparable to (laughs) i guess fat people eating a salad like you know at some point not even just fat people let me take that back because some people might feel some way because i don't eat salads i don't eat salads that much so i guess i'm i'm pretty fat myself but every now and then you have to remind yourself like i love eating you know my chipotle i love you know getting a steak i love this that the other but eventually you're just like i think i should eat a salad today that's what therapy is is that innate thought where it's like i should do something about this or like if you work out a lot you think to yourself at some point i should stretch maybe if i stretch especially after you start getting older and i'm not even oh yeah my body sounds like it's tap dancing every time i get up and try to do anything tell me about it everything i do it's just quick clacking everything it's uh, it's kind of it's something else but i am still in my springtime of youth and i refuse to get old we will get there so i I actually start physical therapy pretty soon uh for my back va in case if y'all were listening and because y'all declined my claim at first saying y'all had nothing to do with my back Mm. wearing duty plates all the time and okay yeah we'll talk about that later but uh yeah uh therapy should be that extra reminder of i need a salad or i need to stretch or just that occasional additive to your life just to make your life a little bit smoother whether if you go once a week twice a week do it as many times as you need but also retain try to retain and practice what your therapist tells you like my therapist told me uh to start branching out trying different things socializing with different groups and getting used to how different people react in different scenarios because military members getting out have a little bit of a struggle socializing with general population so integrating yourself into different situations she was like it may go well it may go wrong but at the end of the day you're not dead so whether if you you'll get a lesson out of it oh yeah man like uh that's that's what i actually what i was going to say was if your therapist tells you to do something or like if you're just going to therapy and just not listening then you're kind of just wasting your time there yeah um, like i've been told couple times like i'm quiet I'm, I'm like quiet by nature uh but if i know you i'll talk that's just how i am or if i catch a good vibe off of you i can talk to you no problem uh, if not then i'm not gonna really fuck with you yeah uh, you know my therapist he was just like you know just talk or even if to you it seems like you're yelling you know just talk and for me, like some at some point in time in my head, I'm like, dude, why am I fucking yelling at this person? But <laughs> to them, I'm just talking in a normal tone of voice. Yeah. And 
when I would go to therapy, they would make me realize a lot about myself that I didn't necessarily, like I wasn't conscious of. Yeah. Uh, you know, me talking quiet, he was just like, you know, being quiet is very powerful because as soon as you whisper something, it makes the person that you're whispering it to lean in and actually have to listen to you speak. Yeah. So, so it holds a lot of power over that person. So you can kind of not get away with anything or just you can almost do anything you want. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of another thing. These guys tell me. It'll probably come back. I haven't been in a while. Uh, I know when I first started going, uh, like I said, in 2018, I was in a real bad spot. So I would go once a week. Yeah. Just talk to that dude. And it progressed to like once a month. And that's kind of where I've been at the whole time is just going once a month. Mm-hmm. Talking to him. Or whatnot. Yeah, whatever pace is good for you is the pace that's good for you. Don't let therapy be like a measuring stick of one person does it this way, another person does it that way. Everybody is going to go to therapy differently. At some point, you're going to stop going to therapy. And that's the ultimate goal of therapy is for you to have enough tools to understand when your mind is going through the ups and downs, what resources you could use or what activities you could do to help fill that space until your brain stabilizes all the emotions and dopamine levels so you can get back to where your normal is and also recognizing if the normal that you've been maintaining isn't healthy say Mm -hmm. for me i've always doled out a lot of situations because i never wanted to get my hopes too high because i i plan for failure yeah and I got so used to planning for failure, I didn't realize I was doling a lot of stuff out of my life. Like, I always work hard, but when I achieve stuff, I rarely actually enjoy it. Like, I'm happy it's over, but I really don't know where else to look afterwards. I just kind of set up another goal, and that's all I knew how to do. I didn't know how to actually enjoy the moment, so my therapist told me to allow people to celebrate or allow yourself to celebrate something and enjoy the moment Mm. and understand you are going to have to come off that dopamine high, but that is a normal thing to do when you have a happy moment, you wish it could last forever, but that's kind of the issue with people that do drugs all the time they keep chasing that high and high and high and high. You never reach that same dopamine level. You want that to be your regular, but regular is relative. So if you're constantly moving at a certain speed, that certain speed becomes a relative speed, which is nothing. If that that's just, and it's the same thing with your emotions. If you're always trying to chase another high and trying to make that high great. Like when we were kids, getting a bar of candy was one of the happiest things in our life. After we got to a point where that wasn't necessarily that great anymore because we could achieve it over and over and over again our level of normal rose so getting a bar of candy wasn't that exciting anymore it was just another thing to do you're just going through the checkout line i want a kit kat bar and now you have to find something else to achieve life is always like it's always a balancing game of growing you don't want to go too far left or too far right with growth because you want to maintain a reasonable level that you could 
grow off of while at the same time like you'll be fine as your base yeah but yeah uh therapy therapy and uh i forgot i was gonna say something about therapy me going to therapy Mm. oh exposure therapy my bad (laughs) (laughs) uh like what that was another thing they told me about is like um the very last couple sessions i had before i stopped um i i deal with pretty decent anxiety sometimes Mm -hmm. and it gets to the point where I have physical symptoms like coming stemming from it. And a lot yeah. of times like health anxiety happens too, where I'm just like, if one of those physical symptoms happen, like say I get dizzy or something, like I immediately am like, yo, I got a brain tumor or something like that, or, you know, just something stupid. And basically what he told me was just exposure therapy is this, you know, recognize your anxiety that's going on, take it and just do whatever you're going to do anyway with it. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there sheltering yourself from certain things because you're feeling anxious or scared or something like that, you're losing out on a lot of stuff. And as you expose yourself to these things while you're scared, your body will normalize itself and say, Hey, he just did this without dying. Yeah. You know, he's okay. So, like, now, like, I'll go out. If I get really nervous, like, in a social situation, mm-hmm. or if I know I'm going to get nervous in a social situation, I just do it anyway. I just walk out there, and I'm just like, yeah, if I pass out, I'll pass out. Somebody will catch me. <laughs> so. Has that ever happened? Have I ever passed out? I mean, pass out or just, like, maybe sweat it a little bit. If you passed out, that's cool, too. You know, you're here right now. We're talking to each <laughs> no, other. No, 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 no. I've never passed out. It's just, uh, like I said, like anxiety, like your heart will race, your blood pressure will rise and stuff like that. So a lot of physical symptoms will come from that, like uh, dizziness and, you know, sweating. Um, Like my hands will sweat and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But as the symptoms subside, the longer you're exposed to that situation, you know, you start to realize yourself. Your body just kind of acclimates to it. Like, yeah. Okay. This is I, I. I somewhat know what's going on. I'm gonna tune down the fight or flight, you know, yeah. reaction. But that was like another one of those like subconscious things that I I wasn't really like aware of until I started going to therapy, and you know the therapist pointed that out, so I could see that and recognize it every day or every other day, every time it happens, and deal with it. Yeah. So. I think that would be good for a lot of military people. I know it was uh it was a few of my troops that I supervise and for uh, security forces, MPs, MAs, uh we do exercises for reactionary situations and some people really had that freeze reaction and just and I guess in a way we were doing what your therapist was doing for you is it was a controlled environment. And I would Mm -hmm. always tell them if you're going to mess up, you could catastrophically mess up now. Just don't shoot anybody, but you know, you can mess up here. It's a safe environment. And I always had to make sure I was the type of NCO. If I was going to provide a critique or after action feedback, it was always going to be something productive. Like, or if I would see them freeze, like sometimes 
uh, they'll be doing the exercise. They'll walk up to the car and we're practicing like a, you know, gate runner, or a traffic stop. And they'll come up and the first thing, and I'm happy they trusted me enough that they would say something this funny, but they would be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And they'll just look <laughs> me dead in my eyes. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, hear Mike and say that, 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 that. Cool. And after we would all be done with it, we will go back and I will go through it again with them. And, yeah. you know, later on that night or day, whatever shift at work, we would try it again, see if they even retained one thing. If they retained one thing, then, you know, we're growing. If they didn't, then at least we have a benchmark that we know where to come back to yeah. and keep working. We're all, you know, works in progress. If, you know, if you couldn't get through, you know, the sweats, then you backed out, you would at least know like, all right, sweats happened, this happened, and then I backed out. Yeah. You know, a benchmark of, okay, I know where the high point is, so get comfortable in like the first three minutes and so on and so forth. But, yeah. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll roll on to our next topic, facades. So, uh, I was thinking about it today. I was talking with somebody and I realized really quick that people don't view the life that you live a hundred percent in accordance with how you're living it. Mostly because we don't really tell each other our finances or sometimes understand our own finances. And I want to talk about not just the facade of finances, from the outside looking in, because a lot of people think that military people are rich and we're just out here balling, doing everything. We balling out of control, right? We're traveling all over the world, doing all this, you know, crazy stuff, going on trips to these dream places. You only see people on TikTok going. I mean, I, that's why I joined the, uh, the Navy, so I could buy my Camaro. <laughs> right. Which is what I did. Yeah, some of us want Camaros, that, you know, V6 <laughs> Mustang. And you know, do our thing. But, and on the other side, I want to also get into the facades that military members don't fully understand when you get out, not just with like, you know, socializing with people. There's certain things that we never, if you were 18 going in and never had to like rent your own apartment, get a loan for a house, because it's totally different from a car. A car loan is probably one of the most easiest things you can get, which yeah. is sad. But a home loan is nowhere near the same simple, simplistic process of getting a car loan. Uh, what type of facade have you seen on like either side of that coin? Um, so in the military, I mean, even now. So like in the military, right? Uh, you got civilians. They're like, oh, you know, you get so much money. Like, I mean, it's a guaranteed check. Then that's kind of the extent of what they know. But if they just Googled something, they would get the whole pay scale from E1 up to O10 or whatever it is. And they don't. So they're just like, okay, yeah, you guys get paid. That's it. You know, you'll pay. Your health care is free. You know, why are you not, like, rich or something like that? Like, I remember... When I was in the Navy, and I used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't have a lighter. Wits. <laughs> and I asked uh, a dude on the street, I was like, yo, man, you got a lighter or something I can get? a bar real quick. He was like, dude, you're in the Navy. How do you not have a lighter? And I was just like, 
because I fucking forgot it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I'm not made of money. And like, when you when you first go in, like, say you go in as E1, you only get paid like fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you're pretty much living on ramen noodles and ham sandwiches. Yeah, I mean the the other side of that is you know you got defac or whatever you want to call that or the galley or something. Yeah. And all that food's free, but it's trash for the most part. It ain't even free. It really comes out of your duct. The duct yeah, it comes the, out of your check. Yeah. Automatically. So that's the one. I, that's kind of what I see in the military is just usually from civilians just saying that you uh, that you got money. You shouldn't really. You shouldn't ever have to struggle. Which, in any case, you shouldn't. Ever yeah, really that could trouble. that could be applied to everybody. But I I will say with the military, we do get a lot of benefits, but all on the same hand of everybody who says, like, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda's about the military. If you join, you can get the exact same benefits. The recruiter's office doesn't discriminate unless you have, like, medical issues. Then, sorry, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. But uh, one of the facades of – and it's kind of the same thing of people just thinking we have money and – it's more so we get placed in locations where traveling isn't expensive anymore. That's something a lot of Americans don't have experience with is just traveling outside the country. And yes, the initial ticket to get out of the country usually is going to be pretty pricey, like 450 plus dollars just for one flight out to Europe. But after you get to Europe, then it's $50 flights you know, $70 flights round trip to whatever country, or you could take the Euro train or you could rent a car and rental cars over there. Are ridiculously cheap, like $75 a week. And, you know, I don't think people realize how big America is as a country compared to Europe. Yeah. It's as a continent. Yeah. <laughs> so like you could throw a rock and hit Paris from UK. You really can. Like I drove to Paris from, a Cambridge-ish area of the United Kingdom, and it took six and a half hours. Yeah, so I could, like, that's less than a trip, or it is, like, a road trip for me to, from Ohio to Atlanta. Like, from, it's a 10-hour trip from Ohio to Atlanta. From Ohio to Atlanta in Europe, I'm pretty sure you can get to the Middle East. Yeah. Like, it's... Stupid. It's crazy how many countries... You could really hit... Just as easy as it would be for you to go to... Miami to Atlanta to Norfolk to Nashville in a week. You could do the exact same thing to Paris, Barcelona, London, uh, Warsaw. I don't know what other places people want to go, but traveling in Europe. So a lot of people get that confused of traveling. Also, the amount of money y'all spend in clubs is really trips for us. Like, yeah. if you ever bought a section in a club plus drinks, you could have a blast in Europe. That's mm-hmm. that's how the money equates. You just have to get there. And that's all the military does is it puts us in the environment in order for us to do it. Like, students who study abroad do the exact same thing. They go oh. over there, realize, oh, shit, this flight, I could literally work at a Taco Bell for a day and afford a flight across the country. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing people don't realize is while we're traveling 
like or while we're at those locations or traveling to like when i was on deployment like we left from san diego san diego to hawaii those three days it took the boat to get from san diego to hawaii working nonstop. while you're in hawaii you get a couple of days off but you're still working like you can go out and see those places but the whole time like in between while you're there like you're working your ass off and i don't think people realize that they just see that oh you know you're in thailand you know you were off for a day like i was off for a day like i, I wasn't able to go see anything yeah other than the bar down the street yeah a lot of times these countries are just pit stops like we don't do anything in them yeah. maybe go to a bar or two that's about much it. i mean like halfway through the deployment i was like on those off days i would sign up for like the tours and whatnot that they had yeah yeah and the added lifestyle that we do have to work of not really having control of when we can and cannot see our family members is a really big sacrifice to the added luxuries that people see after the fact people see the pictures they don't see the work that we do behind the scenes to have that weekend available or the work we have to go back to after that weekend is over and it's 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 a facade that a lot of people don't know about especially those that don't have family in the military yeah i think another one that i've seen outside of the military now that i've been out a couple years um just from normal people like looking at in my direction mm-hmm. i get my job i get paid a decent amount of money to do which is not anything crazy, but it's more than what I would have expected for what I like the age I'm at now. Yeah. And a lot of people just kind of look at me and they're just like, I don't do anything different from what I did while I was in high school. I mean, I did grow up poor, but I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So everybody's just kind of looking at me and they're just like, Oh, you know, you act like your shit don't stink or some shit like that. I'm like, no, not at all. Like, I know what it's like to be poor. I've been poor at some point in time. I am poor, in my head at least. It fucking, <laughs> it's never like it's never what it looks like on the outside. You know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So, if you if you're like looking at somebody just based off of if you're pocket watching somebody. Looking at how they dress, looking at how they fucking carry themselves, the shit they like, the shit they don't like, like without knowing that person. You're not going to get a good look. Yeah, you're not going to get a good look at somebody. At that point in time, you're just jealous because you're just jealous of the shit that you didn't do. There's so much jealousy in the world, though. Yeah, which is bad because a lot of the shit you're jealous about that you didn't have the chance to do at the time that you thought about doing it, you can still do yeah. You're just hung up on not having done it at that certain time. I've talked to people who would always throw out that pocket watching shade of, mm, well, if I had, if I got paid to go to school and do da 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 and had the free time to do it, I know I'd be out there doing da da. And it's like, okay, okay. All I get from school is $2,200 a month. That is all I get from going to school. And I worked for it. That Let's make that very clear. I did six years, 10 months, still serving in the reserves. I worked for what I am getting right now. Right. 
you didn't ever join the service in the first place. So while you're sitting here pocket watching all the stuff I'm doing, you most likely make probably twice as much as I make. You have time to take leave at your job. It's probably going to be annoying to get because your boss is a butthole and most civilian jobs don't offer leave like that frequently. The trips, but in the same token, the trips I was taking were three-day trips, so a weekend. So if you ever get off work early on a Friday or if it's a holiday, Mm -hmm. for all the holidays, people don't go do stuff. I just sit there and I look at them like, okay, what now? You have the exact same amount of time as me. You have the same weekends off. You have the same holidays off. You have more money than me, but you still refuse to go places. This isn't an issue about I'm privileged and I have xyz to be able to achieve this it's you're indecisive and all you want to do you take more time pocket watching me rather than understanding you could just go do the exact i i offer people the chance to go do stuff i tell them i will make the plans for you mm-hmm. like i'm very financially literate when it comes to traveling like If I take a trip, nine times out of 10, I'm not using my own money to pay for it. I use airline miles to go places. I don't use a debit card anymore. I use a credit card that I responsibly pay off every single month. I don't add any extra costs that I can't cover immediately, and I pay it off all the time. So by the end of months, I have, if you just spend $1,500 a month for any airline credit card, they're at least going to give you two points per mile two points per dollar i'm sorry so that's three thousand points you can get for i believe forty thousand points you can get a round trip from atlanta to dallas Mm -hmm. for certain credit cards they all balance things a little bit differently and all of them have signing bonuses of create hundreds of thousands of points where you could take a round trip flight to paris or something if you really wanted to and just for cre- the way credit cards work in the first place, you need multiple credit cards to drift up into the 800 credit report. Yeah. And so if you get two airline cards and a hotel card for one, don't don't do it all at the same time, because that'll actually ruin your credit. But gradually get these cards. If you have a spouse or if you have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whoever that you could refer them to. They give you like fifteen to 30,000 points per person you refer. Me and my friends pretty much just bounced off each other to the point where we had so many airline miles, and these miles roll over every year. So whenever you choose to use them, you just choose to use them. I have enough hotel points to stay, I would say, 10 to 14 days at a high-end, what is it, a Marriott uh, card. I have... Like and it's all stuff that's very attainable. All the credit cards I have are seven twenty five and up. So yeah. if you have a moderate credit score, really that's a good credit score, you can get all these things. And that's how I pay. Sometimes I'll wait for a deal to go up on a flight. You just check. I have Skyscanner. Skyscanner will put out random emails. Trips to Ibiza discounted a hundred dollars oh. round trip. Cool. If you have the time to take it, take it. I get going through airports isn't the funnest time, but you sitting here pocket watching me while I go do it is probably just as annoying. Just take the initiative and go. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand that if you just ask somebody how to do something, they will tell you. 
So instead of that, like instead of just asking somebody, they just sit back. They just hate. Yeah. And they, I'll I'll happily tell you how to do it. I'll plan it. I will literally plan it for you. Like I would love oh, to yeah. plan it. If I t- all I would say is, hey, when would you have free time to go? This four day weekend. Cool. That's three months away. Can you promise me $150 every month up yeah. until then? That's yes. all you got to do, man. It's, it's the crazy because you don't even really have to pull out credit cards if you don't. No. Have to, if you, you don't, don't have the ability to pull out a credit card, plan that shit in advance. Like, say you came up to me and were like, hey, let's go to Japan. I was like, okay, cool. Let's go next February. And Oh, that's plenty of time. It's a, it's a bunch of time. That's, at that like, point, we can ball out in Japan. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, like, I'd pay, pay monthly or whatever for the plane ticket get our hotel in advance and just chill and yeah. just like save spending money for when we get there. Cause once you get to where you're going, it's so much cheaper than what you so think it cheaper. is. Yeah. Everything's cheaper. So people, I don't get it. People think Dubai is expensive. It's like, no, I have been for a week. It is not, I did stuff. I got to the point where we actually got tired of doing stuff. Just like we spent the last day just chilling at the hotel, swimming in the pool. Yeah. But every other day we were going to the Burj Khalifa, having dinner at a, some Abu Dhabi revolving buffet, uh, going to the grandma's, all these, all the stuff that you see people go and it looks like they're living their most lavish life. And it's really just ex- extremely <laughs> basic budgeting. Like if you just do DoorDash and DoorDash isn't a great job, by the way, it's just an added way to make extra coins. Do DoorDash three days a week, you'll make about a hundred something dollars. Do that for four weeks straight. Do that for four weeks and however much time you need to plan for your trip that pay for your plane ticket, whatever you don't stop eating out for a little bit, whatever money you save from eating out, use that as spending money whenever you get to the location that you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And then the rest just go to work and live your normal life. There's nothing else to do. Saving money is all, and this is for the people who put all their money into savings, which isn't a bad idea, but use some of that money to enjoy life. You have, whatever is in your savings account right now, which is probably a good amount of money, is going to gain interest, regardless if you put more money into it or not. Yeah. Use some of that money to enjoy life. Maybe instead of putting five hundred dollars into your inve- your savings account your investment account next month put a tenth of that or a fifth of that towards just taking a trip take you and your wife or somebody or just yourself take a solo trip or find a friend that's reliable enough you could book uh <laughs> reservations for because that that's that's a different conversation if you can yeah. find reliable people but uh it's it's just a facade a lot of people from outside the military really just focus and hone in on us and yes and i i'm I'm gonna get to the flip coin of the military has a facade has a side of the facade that we don't understand but from the outside looking in this is the facade the main facade that we wear is that we live lavishly but it's just we're around people who want to travel and we just budget our traveling yeah that's it maybe a $250 $250 on the entire trip from place to stay to the food we ate to, you know, whatever stuff we got into. But 
the other half of that of uh of facades is military members uh we do have a lot of benefits that are kind of counterproductive if we don't learn them before we get out for Mm. example uh getting a home loan actually getting a home loan is different from that va loan that they say we all qualify for because we do qualify for what that va thing that they're telling us we all qualify for is a rate for a loan it's not the loan itself it's the rate of interest that we're going to be paying or the apr that we're going to be paying on that house actually getting approved for a loan if you don't get approved for a loan while having a full-time job your chances of getting that loan is going to be sketchy depending on when where you're living yeah i mean i will say this i use the va loan to get my house uh and the biggest thing is for them your minimum credit score have to be 620. Yeah. Um, and if your disability is above like a certain percent, like 20 or 30, then you wouldn't have to pay certain fees for the yeah. loan. And the cool thing about it is what I just, just learned about is they have this thing called IRRL. It's, or it's a streamline. Basically you refine, you can refinance your VA loan. And you don't have to go through the whole process of a credit check, uh, your bank statements checking, like your income check verification and all that yeah. other stuff. And you can just refinance for a lower rate. Now, it's not a cash out refinance. I mean, if you want to do that, you can do that too, but yeah, it, it's actually beneficial to you. Yeah, it helps out. But we don't know, <laughs> we don't learn things like that while we're in the service because we're always renting. And even the process of renting for us, say if you rent an apartment while you're in the military, the rate of that apartment is most likely not going to change very much. Mm -hmm. On the outside, the rates of apartments are, they really just do whatever they want. Every time you have to sign a new yearly lease with them, it could go up $100, $150. They could add extra fees to it. They could add new fees to it. And for the tenant places, they're just going to tell you, if you don't like it, you can dip because there's somebody else who's going to pay this wild price. And yeah. right now during COVID, it's really showing itself right now because apartments that used to be $1,100 in Atlanta are now going for $1,400. Yeah. And it's, it's so ridiculous just trying to go through some of this stuff that military members don't. We, don't we never have... We don't we don't have to deal with stuff like this. Usually the base hash like we go to the housing office and they hash out the problems for us. Yeah. Like when I lived in San Diego, I rented me and my friend an apartment and we were paying twenty three hundred dollars a month for a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. Which was like eight hundred square feet or something like that. <laughs> I should have bought a house in San Diego because I had a friend that bought a house for three hundred something thousand and within like a year or two he traded like he pts or ets my bad um somewhere else to like chicago or something sold that house for six hundred seven thousand jeez and i'm just like why didn't i buy a house i didn't know anything about it at the time so a lot of people don't know anything about it though we we just hear stories about people who do things like this and we don't take the risks ourselves 
or even go through the process of trying to figure it out. It's, be- it's more beneficial stateside than it is overseas. And I think one of the bit, like you kind of touched on it earlier, uh, the facade of healthcare, I think you could pretty much highlight that one of being in the military and going to the doctor where you do something stupid. And, you know, at the most, you just have to go tell your command, you know, how you hit your head walking down the stairs. Yeah. Compared to if you got to do stuff like that on the outside and how the billing works of hospitals, because I kind of understand why people don't like them. They call it big pharma. I kind of, I kind of see like a gang. I kind of see why they call it that. Yeah. Pharma. Like they really just go out their way. So I, I injured myself a few months ago and I went to the emergency room. I was maybe there for 35, 40 minutes. Went in there, they fixed what was wrong with me. I hurt my shoulder, got it right, gave me a sling, went on about my way. Uh. A month later, the bills start coming in. It comes in layers, though. It doesn't just come as one bill. And you're going to be confused because it's different billing companies that they send it to you. So I'm being paranoid, just Googling, making sure this information is legit. Nobody's trying to scam me. And... After I get everything, you know, verified, first bill was about $17 with my, with TRICARE, I think I have to pay 10 to 20% of whatever the bill is. So mm-hmm. first bill was like $17, $20. So that wasn't bad. I paid it, called it good. I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Little did I know. Uh, then the second bill came. Second bill was for actually seeing the doctor. And the doctor's time is very expensive. And that ended up being, I think, $210. And I was kind of confused at that one because I was like, he didn't really do anything. Like, I came in there, he seen me rub my shoulder for a little bit and walked out. (laughs) $210. I was kind of mad about that. But I was like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Third bill, and this is the one that kind of blew me, was for... I think $110 and that was just to get checked in. And I was, I was so thrown away by that. Cause it was like, you just charged me $110 just to check in. Like I'm surprised they didn't charge you for the air you're breathing in the hospital after a yeah. while. So it ended up being like close to $400 or a little bit over $400. And this is after insurance handles it. For anybody getting out the military and doesn't want to do the reserves or guard, I I don't care. Fine, please, please find insurance. Because if you yeah. ever get hurt and have to go to a hospital, I kind of understand why some people are walking down the street hobbling because they cannot take that medical bill. Yeah, and the free I mean, clinic is hard to get into. The other thing is work on your disability claims. Get your disability percentage to something. Yeah, because uh, no matter what you did in the military, at some point in time, they did something to where you're not the same person that you were when you came in. Yeah. Um, and after a certain amount, after a certain percentage, all VA healthcare is free. Prescriptions, all healthcare, all specialists, all doctors, everything is free. They even pay you to go to your appointments. They give you travel pay, which isn't a lot, but if you like have a 60 mile round trip that's 60 bucks just to go to the doctor in your pocket so 
Yeah, it's healthcare was the biggest uh, facade that I I realized once I got out just from that one experience, and also uh, just shop around for insurances if you're cool with the if you have time and are cool with waiting around for VA. The VA does what they can. Uh, they're a good organization. It's just they are severely understaffed, undermanned, underpaid. Don't have the proper facilities in the right places for people to reliably get service. Like if I have to get an x-ray done, I have to, and Georgia has one of the bigger uh, VA resource states. It's one of the bigger resource states. I'm close to Atlanta and I have to drive, uh, what is it? I have to drive, Macon is the close. I have to drive to Dublin to get an x-ray done. Oof. Yeah, like it's not close. And trying to get an x-ray done outside your provider network is uh, it's a process. And like right now, I'm waiting for physical therapy to call me and set up for my back because the phys- it was either wait for a physical therapy clinic to call me that's close to where I live, which could take two to three weeks, or I could drive to Dublin every week to get it done. And even though they reimburse me for the money, I'm not driving almost two two to three hours every day (laughs) for physical therapy that kind of defeats the purpose yeah but uh yeah yeah those are the facades and i guess another facade i well i guess just to land back on facades and on a high note we could talk about uh some of the stories some of the better trips that we utilized our money for and I would say the Dubai trip was probably the most I used my like between my credit card points and just getting enough friends where we all had our own bedroom in the place where we had went and we could enjoy ourselves. Uh, My credit card has a discount on Uber and all Ubers in Dubai are Uber black. So it's like a Mercedes S class picking you up everywhere. Yeah, super fancy. You feel a lot richer than you are. <laughs> and it takes you wherever you... A trip to the Burj Khalifa from where I was at was probably like a 10 or 12-minute drive. was about 10 to $12. And yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, food was pretty, uh, food was pretty cheap. Uh, planning stuff, you just have to know what websites to plan through. Use TripAdvisor to find uh, what excursions or things you can get into i used airbnb a lot airbnb overseas is really dope like a lot of uh a lot of experienced people will use airbnb to give you extremely discounted trips like we did a brunch around the world islands and the other island i think the i forgot what the other islands were called and the uh, uh, atlantis hotel mm-hmm. for like 45 dollars. it was like a three-hour brunch uh, I figured out I got seasick from that, which which is really pitiful because there's no sea in Dubai. It's just oh, it's just water. So I realize I'm pretty weak stomach. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could, that's why I didn't join the navy. <laughs> hey, I got seasick on the boat like the first week. Yeah. You just get used to it after that. Do you like take pills for it, or do you just get used to rocking? I got used to it. You can take like Dramamine or whatnot, but I got used to it. 
So when so, you get back to land, are you guys just like land all, legs? All wobbly and whatnot. No. Yeah. Not me at least. I just I just walk off, walk back on. Now probably I'd probably if I go back, I'd probably get seasick a little bit, but not a lot. So it's how probably, Oh my bad, what were you saying? No, I was just saying go ahead. I was about to say, how are the living quarters on those boats when y'all got to do those tours? Like, I always see, like, the tuna can, like, you can't even sit up in your own bed. Like, is that still a thing? Yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, they're making new ships, like, new aircraft carriers, where, like, it's, like, for me, it was stacked three high. Like, there's rows of that. So, on each side, there's three people. And you have three feet like across like i could reach over and touch the other person across from me and you can't sit up like it's literally just enough for you to lay in and get the fuck out and all your stuff is packed under it so it like lifts up like a coffin yeah and all your stuff is there like you have so you don't really have clothes no you have have like 10 square feet of space (laughs) to store all your stuff and you have a stand-up locker but it's like a little cubby it's it's the size of a locker that you had in high school or middle school. Oh my god! And that's where you have all your stuff. But on the newer ones, they are making racks to where you can at least sit up in. Like they had, they're like L shaped instead of just a flat coffin. You can sit up in at least. But that well, still sounds the, shitty. Yeah, for the most part, it was just you're real close to the people around you. Um, Everybody's snoring. If somebody stinks, you smell it. <laughs> you take a shower. Uh, you got to get real used to shit. Like, there's only two toilets in the bathroom. And those two. Between all six people? It was between 80 people. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait <laughs> it was between 80 people. Wait a minute. <laughs> so, like, granted, we, we would clean them every day i would hope so oh my god <laughs> they get cleaned every day but you know you still got 80 people that you got running through two toilets it's day. it's two toilets and then three sinks i think so when everybody's getting up at 6 30 in the morning to get ready to go to work everybody's like i say go to work but just walk upstairs everybody's brushing their teeth over on top of each other at the end of the day there's only two showers so everybody in there just trying to shower, trying to get ready. Okay, it's I guess. Mess. I guess bigger question is like on these deployments, like how do people smash? How do people smash? Um, yeah. It's it's frowned upon, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but so on the ship, there are. I say I would say hidden spots, but they're all known. Yeah. So it's just a matter of when you go in and how you get in there or who knows that you're in there so they won't tell anybody. But there's just like hidden spots all over the ship. And then if you go pull in somewhere like Thailand or Singapore or something, you get a hotel room. Right. Right. Being dull, get a hotel yeah. room. And uh, the other the other side to that is on my boat, I know an aircraft carrier so an aircraft carrier has like four thousand people. On my boat it was a max of three hundred and fifty. So I would say maybe 280 of those people were men. 
So and it's either you had no options or you're really just very limited. And most and a most good of the chunk women, of those, if they even decided to do it, yeah, a good chunk of those women were officers too. So unless um, you were an officer, you didn't really, you weren't, or you had it like that, you couldn't really touch them. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. That kind of reminds not really reminds me insular because uh in the air force we have beds uh we don't have to we don't <laughs> we don't have to do that that was the biggest that biggest reason biggest reason why i didn't join the navy because i for one didn't want to be out on water too long for two i have seen the movies and nobody ever said this isn't true so i didn't want to <laughs> have to go and sleep in these cracker boxes and just smell now when i was in turkey we did share there could be up to 12 people in our room and really it never really got that packed because there was a permanent party site that was there we were just mm-hmm. a contingency that came to help out uh do our job but there was six people in my room all bunk beds the bunk beds they were weren't the tuna cans y'all had to live in but you couldn't really sit up in them if I learned the hard way, you know, I I forgot what I was doing. I think I was just like, had my feet up on the top bed and I guess I pushed a little too hard and the bed just fell on me. And I was like, okay, well, luckily I was awake enough to where it didn't kill me. So (laughs) I just, you know, threw the bed off to the side and that happened every now and then we shared, uh, there was probably like, 30 rooms, 12 bunk beds each. And there was, I think, seven or eight shower heads in the bathroom if they all worked. Mm-hmm. And we would just, and we lived in trailers. So we would either go and like jump in somebody else's trailer. Like we would know which trailers would be more or less like populated depending on what shifts they were working. Yeah. And sometimes we'll just like walk over and do, they told us not to do it because walking around your towel half naked is you know, frowned upon, but frowned upon. Uh, when it's hot outside and for some reason your trailer has run out of hot water when you get nice and comfortable to get in the shower, he's, oh, I shouldn't have to think about walking outside in the middle of the night half naked. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, walk across to the other one, but uh, sleeping situations wasn't <laughs> that bad. We didn't have to, you know share 80 people to to two toilets well let me just let me put it this way i like when i first got there it was like a shock to me and i learned how to sleep anywhere (laughs) so i would find like a cozy corner in like some random part of the ship and i'd just fall asleep and just make sure i was up because it'd be like i'd have my own little space somewhere (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> away from all that but i'd still have to get up and then go from wherever i fell asleep at and then go back in there and get ready for the day and it's just, uh... yeah and i can imagine if you don't like the other people you're sharing a bed with that could just or sharing the room with it's like i literally got to be within reaching distance of you at all yeah. times there's a lot of arguments a lot of fights because a lot of people were not hygienic and a lot yeah. of people just didn't like each other so yeah, six months being on a boat with people that close, at least 
I had land where I could just walk to a different part of the base if I didn't feel like dealing with the people mm-hmm. in my room. But thank God we all we all got along. Shout out to my deployment team. But three hundred people um on five hundred feet of boat. It's like two foot a person. <laughs> <laughs> so so Oh my God, you would be the greatest Navy recruiter of all time. <laughs> if somebody wants to join the Navy, just join. It's not that bad. It's all right. I say it's not that bad. But <laughs> it's said, a, wait a minute. It's an experience. Oh my goodness. Just join. I mean, it's cool. I mean, you, you get to see a lot of stuff. If you set yourself up right, you can do a lot of the cool things. Like I was out there with guns and stuff, and yeah, yeah, you get riding that. around on the ocean like on a small boat with like the Coast Guard and whatnot. It was, it was cool. Yeah, definitely but, some cool parts to it. But uh, yeah, that tuna can living. Yeah, that's that's definitely a downside. Yeah, tuna and it's can. like that from boot camp on. Oh my goodness, that that and the whole thing where you told me you guys paint the anchor depending on whatever's going on, I would get so sick and tired. Like, yo, I don't care, man. We put like so we're out to sea, and obviously seawater is salt, salty, and Berry. salt and metal don't, don't mix. Go rust. We'd be out to sea, even if it's raining, we would have to wash the ship with fresh water and just like scrub everything down. Like even if it's raining outside, like just raining regular water. <laughs> you have to go out there and scrub the side of the boat and then still spray it with a hose. Oh my goodness. This is the stuff people get mad at the all the military gets to do you guys live a lavish life. Have you ever Washed the outside of your, have you ever washed your driveway with a bottle of water while it was raining? Yeah, exactly. That's how you do. Be, that's the perfect way to describe that shit. <laughs> I would be so angry. Like I've contemplated the meaning of my life plenty of times in the Air Force. <laughs> the military makes you do so much pointless shit. But I think that takes the cake of we are outside pouring water on this shit while it's pouring it's water. Raining. Well, it's raining water. Only difference is we added soap. So at that point, can you just pour the soap on the boat and let the rain do its job and just make sure it's yeah. not that slippery? Yes, because the boat is like keep in mind the boat's rocking, right? So all the water that's sitting on the boat is moving, moving back and forth. <laughs> so it's pretty much like a washing machine. Pretty much. And it just do its do its job for you, but they wanted you to do it anyway. Do you guys have lightning within five? Lightning? Within five. What is that? Okay, so that answers that question. Because if you, <laughs> if you did, you would know exactly what the fuck. I, so it may be called something different in the Navy. Okay, so in the Air Force and I think in the Army, uh, you know, the world's greatest Air Force, nothing can stop us except lightning within five. It's literally lightning within five nautical miles of whatever location you're at. And when that happens... Certain operations get put on standby because it becomes a risk for us to be outside after a while. And you'll be amazed at how many things literally get canceled or delayed or maybe not. It's so iffy 
because it really just depends on who's calling it in the first place. But um, yeah, if you guys are, if it's raining, pouring down outside and they tell you to, I would, I mean, I guess some kind of equally as pointless that I did was um, when we did a dorm management when I was in Alaska, I've had some of the dorm managers tell me to shovel snow while it was snowing. And that kind of made me mad. I was 100% outside. And I tried to stay inside and ignore what he said, but he gave me a LOC for disobeying a lawful whatever the fuck he said. And so I took my dumb ass outside with a snow shovel, shoveling. And I, I would go maybe like 25 feet, look back, and it's just like, that didn't really solve anything. And there's yeah. sheets of ice outside after a while. So it's like, I mean, I can't really do any better. Like, if they would give you a snow machine with the short, like, well, a snow plow yeah. with the shortest cord on it. So it was kind of counterproductive, too. It's like, you guys are just dicks. And <laughs> yeah, we, mess. I don't think it beats <laughs> pouring water on a boat while it's raining, but shoveling snow while it's snowing is it, it was it was a fun activity fun stories it's a mess it's a mess it's it's a uh organized chaos that's what it's called it's bullshit they just gotta pay <laughs> us to do something I'm yeah, gonna call pretty it much. <laughs> every time yeah they just pay you they just make shit up for you to do to justify them paying you i yeah and i get it you know, like efficiency is the weirdest thing in the military. It's almost like it's punished. Like, hey, we finished our job early today and we did it well. Cool. Go clean the toilet. But the janitor already came through and cleaned everything. Go do it again. I will tell you something, though. Like, as far as that goes, um, a lot of stuff was actually pretty clean compared to how how I see a lot of stuff now. Like, yeah. You clean some clean shit. It can't do nothing but get cleaner. So <laughs> it just stays that way. I, I don't know. <laughs> now I'll take word for it. Yeah. Now I walk into a public bathroom. I'm just like, what the oh my fuck has this been clean? <laughs> you know, the weirdest thing is the most clean public bathroom that I have. You know, this is a really odd. It's just something that sparked my mind that I noticed the other day. Is racetrack has some of the cleanest just buildings in general. Yeah, racetrack's pretty clean. Very. Like, there's usually no... Because some bathrooms, like, if you go into a shell, it's a real toss-up of if you're going to find, like, gang signs on the wall, tiles chipped from different places, phone numbers to random places you probably shouldn't be calling anyway. Yeah. Racetrack keeps their stuff relatively clean. That makes me happy, but... uh. Yeah, I, I would imagine if you live on the same place where you breathe other people's air 24-7, mm-hmm. you would want it to be so... Even the dirtiest person couldn't really make it dirty after a while. Unless they tried, and I'm pretty sure they tried. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that is a good wrap on this episode. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, hope everybody enjoyed the listen. Yeah, go to therapy. Uh, live your life. Stop playing. Yeah, stop, stop pocket watching. Stop. <laughs> stop. It's not stop. good for your health. Stop. Go do it. Like, just go do it. Everything that you're hating on somebody else for watching them do, 
just go, oh, I might get sick. The person who you're watching didn't get sick. Oh, well, it's too expensive. The person who went probably doesn't make as much as you. Mm-hmm. Oh, but did it stop coming up? Just just go do it. Shut the fuck up and stop pocket watching me because it's not a great hobby. I'm going to ignore you and you get to hate. That's not a good life. Yeah. Yeah. Go to therapy. Do it. Bitch. <laughs> What if this is it?